Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Functionally Autoimmune. So happy that you're here with me again today. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about the COVID vaccine, how that affects those of us with autoimmunity, and just explain a little bit about how the vaccine works, because I know there's a lot of confusion and there are a lot of myths out there about the RNA vaccines. So first off, I want to explain a little bit about what the RNA vaccine is. There are two types of vaccines out there right now. Two companies have created an RNA vaccine, and those are the ones that are being widely distributed cur- currently. So um, to depending on where you live, it's being distributed to healthcare workers, uh, pa- patients and people over a certain age, anybody who is in contact with uh, patients, A lot of long-term care facilities are getting those vaccines. So again, depending on where you are, will depend on what phase of distribution they are with the vaccine. So those two types that are being widely distributed currently are what we call an RNA vaccine. Now there are two more vaccinations that are being created and they are being approved. In some areas they have already been approved and are starting to be distributed. Some areas are still waiting for further approval. Those two companies' vaccines are not RNA vaccines, and they're actually more typical of the vaccinations that we get today, such as the flu vaccine, which means it actually has virus particles in it, so to speak. So, like, let's think of when you go and get a flu vaccine every year, okay? So there are some ways, like the nasal spray that you get for a flu vaccination, and the nasal spray is typically a live virus, so it means they're giving you the live virus so that your immune system will recognize it, kick in, and um, be able to keep you immune to that virus for the rest of the season. A lot of times the flu vaccination is actually an inactive, or if you want to think of it this way, a dead virus. So it is the virus itself, but it's kind of a dead, inactive version that's being injected into your body so again that your immune system can recognize it and fight it off in the future if you come into contact with it. So the two other vaccines that are being distributed in some areas and are still in review in other areas are those types of vaccines. So there will be two, typically it looks like they're going to both be approved, but there will be two vaccines that are those types of vaccines where it's actually a dead virus um, that you'll be injected with. So currently, the most available is the RNA vaccine. So what's the difference between the two? Well, the RNA vaccine, while it seems very new to us because it's not typically the type of vaccinations that we get, it's actually a vaccine that has been in production and in study for many, many years. They've been, many different labs have been working with RNA to try and make safer, healthier Um, easier vaccinations, I guess you can say. And so they've been working with this idea of an RNA vaccine for a really long time. This is just the first time that we've really been able to see it in action in a widespread distribution where people are actually getting the vaccines and we're seeing how they are affecting people and how well they work. So it's not that the RNA vaccines are like this brand new made up thing, which I know a lot of people think that. So I want to squish that myth first off. It's not brand new. It's been, it's been something that's been studied for a very long time. How the RNA vaccine works and why you typically have to have it in two vaccinations instead of just one shot and be done is because the RNA is actually a signal, if you want to think of it that way. It's a signal that goes into your body that is used to produce a protein. And so that protein is 
your new line of defense against COVID. So if you've seen illustrations of the COVID virus, which I think we all have these days because it's pretty much everywhere, the virus itself is is a circle and it has these little spike proteins all over it, right? So if you've seen a drawing or a picture of what the virus is supposed to look like, that's kind of what it is. So those little spikes that come off the virus are called spike proteins. And so the RNA vaccine is actually going into your body and creating kind of a replica of those spike proteins. So what happens is if you have this replica and you come into contact with the COVID virus, that protein in your body from the vaccination will hook onto the spikes on the virus and recognize it as an intruder. And then your immune system will be able to get rid of that virus much quicker. So it's kind of a little bit different, whereas most of the vaccines that we use are actually like a live virus. We kind of are a live virus that they give to you in an inactive form. And so our bodies are used to this virus. They learn how to fight it in a safe environment because it's inactive. And so if you come into contact with it, your immune system is aware of what it is, knows that it's an invader and can fight it off. So it's kind of the same thing. It's just instead of having an inactive virus, your your body is building this protein so it can attach to it and get rid of it. Um, you are given that injection twice because, one, you have to have a fairly significant dose of this RNA formula. And giving it to you all at once, there was, during trials, Just a lot more side effects if you were given that vaccine all at once. There was not as good of immunity if you were given the vaccine all at once. And so during the trial process, they just came to the conclusion that this certain dosage and two vaccinations spread out 20 to 21 days apart was the best chance to have the least amount of side effects as well as the highest amount of immunity. So that's why they came out in that form. Now, the new vaccines that are being researched and possibly distributed um, are the virus ones, and those likely will be a one-time, just like your flu shot, where you get one shot and, and that's it. And again, that's because you're getting the inactive virus. Now, with the RNA virus, I can tell you that there are some groups of people that they are suggesting not get it. So if you have severe allergies to foods, to environmental factors, anything like that, they're suggesting that maybe you hold off until more information comes out about how people are reacting. The only reason for that, it's not that there's something in there um, that's causing people to have allergic reactions. So let's say you're allergic to peanuts. It's not like there's peanuts in the vaccine because there aren't. Um, It's just that if you are highly allergic to certain things, they're just saying maybe hold off a bit and don't be one of the first people to get it. They're not saying don't ever get it. Um, If you have an autoimmune condition that is not well managed, meaning you are having constant flare-ups, you're not in control of your symptoms, you are having a lot of issues, so you're in that phase of your autoimmune condition, they're also saying to hold off and don't get it yet. If you're on several different medications for several different illnesses, so say you're on a heart pill, you're on a blood pressure pill, you're on, you know, several different medications. They're not saying don't get it, but they're saying talk with your physician, make sure that there are no known interactions with any of those medications, which the research that I've done, I haven't seen that there's any specific interactions with any medications, but definitely talk to your physician before you get it just to make sure 
if you are taking several different medications. And typically, for anyone with an autoimmune condition who is well-controlled, even with medication, but well-controlled, not in a flare-up, not having um, constant issues, it's typically safe for you to take these vaccinations. Because if you're in a flare-up, we know that our immune systems are like on overdrive, right? Because we're in a flare-up, it's attacking your own tissue. And so the last thing you want to do is give it something else to have to attack. So that's why if if you're in a flare-up and you are already not feeling well and already having issues that you might want to hold off a little bit. Um, if you have had COVID-19, they originally were saying you should wait at least 90 days from from exposure of your symptoms to get the vaccine. However, now they're not saying that. They have actually come back and said if you have COVID, you should obviously wait until your your 24 or 14-day quarantine period is over and then you can go get it. So don't try and go get it while you're sick. Again, because your immune system is already trying to fight it. So don't try and go get it when you're sick. And obviously we don't want you out in public when you're sick. But once your quarantine time is over, you can go get it. Um, I did get the COVID vaccine. As you guys know, I work in healthcare. And so I was one of the first groups in my area to get the vaccine because they vaccinated healthcare workers first. Um, I, as you know, have Hashimoto's and celiac, so I do have autoimmune conditions. Did I consider not getting the vaccine? Of course, I considered it. Um, I obviously did as much research as I could. I talked with um, my pharmacy managers just to kind of get their feedback and get a lot more detail on how the vaccination works and all of that. I read studies, I read peer reviews, I read (laughs) um, uh, pretty much every ounce of literature you can find from the trials that they did before they were released. And so I definitely did my research before deciding to get the vaccine because my employer did not require it. It wasn't a mandatory thing. It was voluntary. We could do it and it was highly encouraged, but we could also turn it down if we wanted. And so after a lot of research and a lot of information and really learning how this RNA vaccine works, I decided that I felt comfortable getting it. I felt like my autoimmunity was in a good place that I could handle getting the vaccine. And so I did get it. Um, I got the first vaccine several weeks ago. And I can tell you that um, I, let's see. So the day of the vaccine, I was feeling fine, no issues. I went to my appointment, got my vaccine, The shot feels, to me, it felt a little bit like a tetanus shot. So if you've ever had a tetanus shot, a little bit painful, but not terrible. My arm was sore the rest of the day. Also, not terrible. I could still function. It wasn't like, you know, I couldn't use my arm, just sore. Um, And then totally fine the rest of the day. No issues, nothing. The next day, I did have a slight headache. Again, I could function well. I went to work, nothing like that. Just kind of a slight irritating headache. My arm was still sore. And then by the next day, I was fine. It was completely gone. So I did, I guess you could say, have a little bit of a reaction, but nothing serious. It was more of like my body saying, okay, we have this new invader. Something's going on. What are we supposed to do with this kind of a thing? So I went about my day, my week, everything was fine. I had no other issues with that vaccine. The following week, I had surgery. Um, So if you guys follow me on Instagram, you saw that I had a blepharoplasty 
surgery, um, which I will be doing a podcast on that later, but um, I am almost a month out from that surgery. So the following week, I did have a surgery. Um, I was a little concerned with having gone through all of that in such a short amount of time, meaning when I decided to get the vaccine, I almost pushed it off because one, I knew that my immune system was going to be in an uproar with the vaccine. And then I knew I was having surgery the following week and that, again, my immune system would be kind of angry from all of that. And so I was a little concerned about doing all of that together. But ultimately, I decided that I was in a place and my immune con- autoimmune conditions were in enough control that I felt like I could I could handle it and keep everything in control. And I did. Um, so I did have surgery the very next week. Part of my surgical or post-surgical plan was to, um, I had steroid eye drops and antibiotic eye drops for my eyes and they wanted me to take, um, an oral steroid. I think it was a 10, 10 day pack of oral steroids. I ultimately decided not to take those because of several reasons. One, I try not to take medication as much as possible. If I can avoid taking medication, I won't take it for a, a lot of different reasons, but mostly because they affect your autoimmune condition in different ways. And so steroids are definitely one of those things that can flare up your autoimmune condition and upset your body and do all kinds of crazy things. So ultimately I decided since I had already put my body through the first vaccine and having surgery that I was going to forego the oral steroids. I did talk to my surgeon about this and whether he thought it was a good idea or not. I explained to him why I felt that way. Obviously, if he told me that he felt it was absolutely necessary for me to take them, I would have because you always want to listen to your surgeons and and those types of situations because obviously they're the experts in that. Um, He agreed that I would be fine not taking them and so I decided not to and he didn't even write the prescription for them. Other than that, everything else that I was to do post-surgery, I did. Um, so I had surgery on a Wednesday. And then the following week was when I was to have my second vaccination. So kind of a lot happened <laughs> at once. So it was, you know, vaccine, surgery, and then vaccine. And so I knew that I was putting my body through a lot having done all of that that close together. So second vaccine, again, I was feeling fine, no issues. I was healing well from the surgery, still slightly a little bit of swelling, but nothing serious, definitely way better. I wasn't taking the eye drops or the antibiotic eye drops anymore. So I pretty much had healed to the point where I wasn't needing any type of uh, medication post-surgery. I was doing really well as far as that was concerned. I wasn't having any autoimmune um, symptoms nothing going on there. I still felt like I was in a lot of control. I was definitely tired, um, which was, I think, a little bit of both. My, you know, my immune system kind of dealing with both things having already happened and healing from my surgery. So other than a little bit of fatigue, no other real issues to talk about. And I really made an effort to take some days off, to rest, to listen to my body, to sleep if I needed to, and all of those kinds of things, because I wanted to appreciate the fact that my body was saying, you're tired from all of this. So I did as much as I could with that, got a lot of sleep. Did I did no exercise during 
those weeks. So after I got my vaccination, I actually didn't exercise for the rest of the week. Um, I did a little bit of, you know, walking, house cleaning, that kind of thing, but purposefully not doing any strenuous exercise because I didn't want to overstress my body. Um, the following week, again, with surgery, I actually wasn't allowed to do strenuous exercise. That was part of my my recovery plan. And so, again, that week I did no strenuous exercise to allow my body the chance to rest. So feeling great, other than a little bit tired, um, come second vaccine time. I went in feeling fine, nothing really to speak of, got my second vaccine. Again, felt sort of like a tetanus shot, a little bit painful, nothing terrible. Um, My arm was a little bit more sore this time. I can say that I got both vaccines in the same arm. So, you know, it may be worth noting you could get one in each or, you know, do it in both arms. It wasn't terrible. I could still function fine, but a little bit sore. Um, My arm remained sore the entire day. I felt fine the rest of the day. I took the following day off on purpose because one, I didn't know how my body was going to react to the vaccine. Two, I had had surgery and all of those other things. And like I said, I had taken a few days off just to make sure that I could listen to my body and get the rest that I needed. So the following day, having already taken the day off, I woke up with a headache again. Um, Nothing terrible, except for this time I also had body aches. And um, just kind of feeling not well. I can't say that there was anything specific like, you know, I wasn't really nauseous or sick or anything like that. Just kind of that feeling of, of blah. And so I was happy that I had taken the day off because I could, again, listen to my body and just rest. And so I really did. I kind of laid around and slept all day, to be honest. <laughs> and I was okay with that because that's what I took the day for. Um, I didn't really have, you know, it didn't give me a fever. It didn't give me nausea. I was able to eat fine. Uh, my arm remained sore for that day. And probably two days later is when I started feeling normal again. So meaning um, the the slight dull headache went away. The body aches went away. The fatigue was starting to go away. I was starting to feel a little bit normal. After that point, I did get a little bit of a stuffy nose, a little congested, kind of like cold symptoms. Now, mind you, I could have actually just gotten a cold, (laughs) but it also could have been just residual from, from my body having gone through all of that as well. So I would say about three days after the second vaccine, I was really feeling kind of normal myself again. I don't know that it was anything serious. I could have definitely gone to work the very next day and functioned just fine, but um, I wanted to give my body the rest that it needed. So that's kind of my experience with the vaccine. Um, I am about two weeks out from the second vaccine now. I don't have any other lingering issues. I feel fine. I haven't had, you know, my arm's fine. It's not sore. I haven't had anything weird happen. Um, I have been, like I said, I work in healthcare, so I have been exposed to active COVID patients and um, knock on wood, I have not gotten it. So, um, I mean, yeah, we, we wear protection and all that kind of stuff at work, but um, hopefully the vaccine is working and I do have some immunity to the, to the virus anyway. So ultimately, I would say that the small amount of uh, discomfort, not even the right word, but the small amount of just not feeling well was 
worth it to me. Um, I should also note that I get the flu vaccine every single year. And typically the day after the flu vaccine, I always feel a little kind of blah too. And then I'm fine after that. So I was sort of expecting it, especially with it being a new vaccine, with it being this new RNA type vaccine. I was kind of expecting it. And so that's why I took that time. So that was my experience with it. I have several staff people that work for me in the hospital and they have taken the vaccine and have had similar results to me. Some of them had no issues whatsoever. They felt fine the day they got it. They felt fine the very next day. They had no headache, body aches, anything like that. Some people felt a little bit worse, so meaning that their headaches and body aches were just a little bit worse to the point where they kind of didn't feel like they wanted to do anything. They didn't want to work or anything like that. Um, So theirs seemed a little bit worse than mine, but really still nothing serious. Um, We did have one person in our area have an allergic reaction to the vaccine, and it actually turned out that she is allergic to shellfish. And so while there's no shellfish in the vaccine, there seems to be a correlation between shellfish and the lipids that are used. So she did have a slight allergic reaction. Nothing serious. It wasn't anaphylactic or anything like that. Just she kind of had a little bit of a hot flash. Uh, We watched her for about a half an hour just to make sure nothing else was going to happen. Took some Benadryl and then she was fine after that. So everybody has a little bit different reaction. Because of that, because it is a vaccine, because it is new, because it's something that your body has never seen before. You know, we talk about the flu vaccine. I mean, you know, like I said, I've taken the flu vaccine every year for probably the last over 10 years. And so when I get the flu vaccine, it's it's a jaunt to my immune system. But at the same time, my body's like, oh, okay, it's this again. Like, I know what this virus is. We know how to fight it. It's no problem. So this one, however, is is new, right? Um, COVID is a new issue. It's a new virus. And so getting this vaccine, it was definitely something very new to our body where it it's like, oh, hey, I know this flu thing that's going on, but what the heck is this? So just know that if you decide to get the COVID vaccine, which I do recommend, Um, I think the only way that we're really going to end this is if we get enough immunity that people aren't passing it around anymore. Um, So I do, I do recommend it if you're in an environment that is safe for you, meaning that you're not, you're not immunocompromised, you aren't having active autoimmune symptoms, you aren't, you know, in a class of patients where, you know, maybe your medication would interact with the vaccine in some way. So as long as you're not in any of those categories, you're overall pretty healthy. I would definitely recommend getting it. Now it's totally up to you on which vaccine you get and why, and and you have to kind of do your own research and make up that own decision for yourself. But um, I do, I do think that overall it's, it's a good way to go. It's very, very well studied. Like I said, I, I researched the heck out of it. And even though it seems to us in the general public that they threw this vaccination together really quickly and we're like, holy cow, how did they create this vaccine out of nothing? Um, it actually wasn't like that. Uh, the coronavirus is actually a virus that's been around for a really long time. This is just kind of a different new strand of it. So the coronavirus itself is is well known. So they were able to use that 
to help them come up with this vaccine for this new strand of coronavirus. So, you know, even though it seemed like they rushed this vaccine and they just pushed it out and they don't know what the heck they're doing, they actually do. They've been studying this for a while. They've been working with RNA vaccines for a long time. They did, and they're required by the FDA to do very extensive trials on the vaccines before they're allowed to go out to the public. So even though it seemed really fast, uh, in some ways, it actually was something that was already being studied for a long time, and it just happened to be that it was able to be converted into something that was able to help us with this pandemic. So anyway, I wanted to get on here and share a little bit about my experience taking the vaccine. I wanted to share what I knew about the vaccine, um, especially with the RNA. There's a lot of confusion and a lot of myths about that, and so I wanted to share as much as I could with that. Um, as, as far as it goes for the COVID vaccine, I feel or I felt more comfortable taking the RNA vaccine than I would have taken the virus vaccine because I don't, even though it's an inactive virus, you never know how your body's going to respond to that as well. And it is still a virus being injected in your body. And so for me, I felt safer taking the RNA vaccine over a virus vaccination. So again, that's just me. That's just from my research and from what I know about vaccines in my field. And so I know that there's still a lot of questions out there. I know that some of you are, you know, certain that you're not going to take it. And I think that's fine. You have to make the decision that's right for you and your family. I know some of you are itching to take it and you're just waiting for your turn. And just know that they're rolling these out in phases as best as they can. And I I feel confident that they will have these out to the entire general public by my hope is April. So that anybody and everybody who wants to get vaccinated could get vaccinated by that time. I think that this is a great way for us to begin getting back to normal, to begin getting back to normal activities, you know, going out, going to concerts, going to (laughs) all these kinds of things that we've been missing out on for the last year. And so um, I'm very optimistic that we are on the right path for that. Um, and, and I really hope that one day we get to a point very soon where we can stop mer- wearing masks everywhere we go because I kind of miss seeing people's faces. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I know I've gotten a lot of questions about the vaccine and that's that's what I know. And I hope that it helped you guys at least make an informed decision. Definitely go out there. There's tons of information um, that you can Google. There's There's researches. Just make sure that if you are looking up information about the vaccine or about COVID-19 that you're looking at reputable sources. So Wikipedia is not your friend. Anybody and everybody can go in there and write what they want there. Make sure that it's a peer-reviewed, meaning so it's doctors, it's biologists, it's people in the field who know what they're talking about and are involved in it. Make sure that it is written, studied, and reviewed by those people uh, make sure that it's coming from a reputable source. You can find those anywhere on the internet. You can actually type in COVID-19 vaccine studies, COVID-19 vaccine trials, and you can read up on any of that stuff. So there's a lot of information out there. Just be very careful because there's also a lot of incorrect <laughs> information out there as well. So, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with arming yourself with knowledge and information as long as it's the best information that you can get and it's giving you correct data. So 
Go out there, read as much as you can. If you work in an area that you think is going to be offered the vaccination soon, um, so say you're a teacher here in my area, we're starting to vaccinate our teachers so that they can get back to you know, regular school and classroom time and those types of things. So, so let's say you're in an area where teachers are about to be vaccinated and you're a teacher. Talk to, you know, the group of people who are doing the vaccination. It's you can definitely talk to them. They have been trained on the vaccine and what to look for and the different questions to ask. So if you go to your appointment for your vaccine and there's a nurse there before she gives you the vaccine, feel free. Ask questions, ask what they know, um, and make sure that all of your questions are answered before you before you do that so that you feel like you're making a safe, informed decision. Currently, 16 and under is not approved for the vaccine. I don't know that that's going to change uh, in the near future, just because of dosing and kind of how it works in the body and and how COVID is affecting our younger people. It's just we aren't quite ready to vaccinate the younger people yet. And honestly, we haven't seen a ton of very severe symptoms in kiddos. Usually if they get COVID, they are able to, within a couple of days, um, be healthy and better again, just like as if they got the flu or a cold or something. So we're just not seeing as severe of cases with kiddos as we are with, with adults. So currently the vaccine is for adults only. That doesn't mean that that will change in the near future. It very well could. We might find a different way of vaccinating our children. I'm not sure how that's going to, how that's going to play out. Um, but definitely all the adults that are out there are, are going to have the ability to get vaccinated in, in the very near future, depending on your area. So again, feel free to reach out to me if you have questions. I'm happy to answer them. Reach out to any resources you have in your area. Talk to your doctor. Talk to nurses. Um, get, get as much data as you can. And um, that is just my experience. So I want to share it with you guys. Good luck out there and stay healthy until next time. Bye and thanks again. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. With 75 absorbable vitamins and minerals in just one scoop per day. I've increased my energy, immune function, and so much more. AG is a non-negotiable part of my daily routine. For your own risk-free AG plus 20% off and free vitamin D3 K2 supplement, go to www.athleticgreens.com backslash functionally autoimmune or look in the notes of this podcast and you can find the link there. Trust me, you want to add Athletic Greens to your day. It makes such a huge difference.